Social Strategy Podcast, episode 63. Welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast, where it's all about making the most of your business with smart tips on what's working now in social media, online business, and good old-fashioned networking. And now your host, who's also known as Ross PR on Twitter, Vernon Ross. Hey everyone, this is Vernon Ross and welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad to have you. But before we get started, I wanted to let you know there's some issues with this episode. As you may or may not know, Skype had an outage about a couple of weeks ago. Of course, it was when I was recording this particular podcast. So we ended up using the backup line. It's Uber Conference. Uber is usually really, really good for phone conversations. Horrible for podcast. It's okay. The sound quality is not what you're going to be used to. Usually both of us are on Skype. Me and the guest are on Skype, or if it's just me doing a solo show, which I haven't done in a while, so I may be doing one soon. The sound quality is a lot better than what you hear on a phone call. So just keep that in mind, but ignore the sound quality totally. The content in this particular episode is so good that you guys just just listen to it. We're talking about book publishing, the ins and outs, and not just from an author standpoint, but from a book marketer and someone who started their own publishing company and is actually a publisher that publishes books. So this is going to be a good episode for authors and anyone interested in getting into the book publishing space. This is a really, really good episode. We talk about some actual just hardcore facts, things that you need to do, and why maybe writing your book in a weekend isn't a good idea. There's some good stuff in here. So I'm looking really forward to it. I'm going to go ahead and get right into the episode and I will see you guys on the back end. So Nancy, as a as a book marketer, and I'm sure you get this question all the time, why does it seem to be so difficult for people to actually get a book published or even start in the book writing process? Well, you know, I love that you asked me that question because what I find is that, you know, people want to write books, but the big bugaboo and the big barrier for them is that they don't know how to get started. And so I, I, I strictly work with people who are writing what I call high-impact nonfiction books that will either save lives, change lives, or transform society. So that's a niche of nonfiction. But what I find is that people who write nonfiction, they aren't really writers. They're what I call livers. They're out living. They're out doing things, accomplishing things, and living their life and making a difference in the world. And they're very busy. And what they need, you know, they have all these ideas swirling around in their head, and it's just kind of like a cacophony of a mess of information that they think they want to communicate, but they don't know how to get started. So um, actually, when I work with people, some of them even don't know what they want to write about. And so what we do is we go through a series of what I call foundational questions that help them to really crystallize their message, to really boil it down to, you know, what's the purpose of the book and who's the audience and how will the audience be changed as a result of digesting their information. But, um, you know, it people hear that they can write books and they see that books are coming out all the time. They just aren't sure exactly how to put themselves in the middle of that process. And that's what I help them with. Right. So you basically, you can take someone that, you know, I've got a concept for a book and I want to write it and I want to get it out, but I don't know exactly, you know, how to clearly communicate my message. 
how do you help them draw out what their message is? What's what's the process or a little part of it? Yeah, well, it's it's actually a really um, fun process. And like I said, we start with these foundational questions. And some of them, when we start with like, what's your motivation? Why do you even want to write this book? And it, it's funny because people have a hard time answering this. They're like, oh gosh, I really need to think about that. And then we talk about, well, what do you want your book to accomplish? Because one of the worst reasons for somebody to write a book is to quote unquote, raise awareness. Well, we actually want to move people to action. And like I said, when we were, when I'm working with people, they're working with materials that will either save lives, change lives or transform society. So we want to create a change in the reader. And so we define, you know, who is your specific audience? And we try to get that as narrow as possible so that when we're finished with the book, we can find these people and be able to deliver the materials to them, get this, them interested in purchasing the book. So you know, what's the purpose of the book? Who's the audience? What change do you want to create in the reader? And we crystallize the message by boiling it down into a single purpose statement. And it simply starts with the purpose of this book is to blank for this specific audience. And once my clients have that really crystallized that message, then we move from there and we develop what I call uh, book maps. We create a visual representation of their entire book, and it shows them it's different from an outline because this is visual. It shows them every single element that's going to be in, in their book and every application story, every object lesson, every point they want to make. And we map that all out so that when they're ready to write, if they only have 15 minutes, they can put something in to contribute to their book. So it's a, it's a very step-by-step -step iterative process that we go through to start building their book from just a simple idea that they have in the beginning. Oh, that's, that's interesting. So you can actually, you actually give people hope for the book writing process. Cause I know it can be difficult and, you know, in some of the stuff that I was reading on your site, it says that, you know, this is a could be a year long process. And oh, it is. Longer. Yeah. yeah, it is a year long process. In fact, you know, I see stuff out there all the time. Write your book in 30 days or 90 days or in a weekend and all. Of right. that. And that's great for a subset of audience. That is not what we're going for. Um, and, and I kind of give you a little bit of a background. I, I own a publishing company, Stonebrook Publishing. And, um, you know, it, it, I you know, it's a nonfiction press and um, we're going for the kind of that quality and the uh, recent book that we released through uh, Stonebrook Publishing. I actually got back cover endorsements from Sir Paul McCartney and Cindy Crawford. You can't do that in 90 days or a weekend. And so the other thing is, is none of my clients are writers. Like I said, they're busy out doing things in the world. And so they have jobs they have other responsibilities and so it's kind of chunked if you will in um digestible um different you know little chunks that they can move through step by step to get it done and it will take a year and in fact at the end of the year some people are laughing going oh my gosh i could have used another six months and i'm like no we're going to keep you on schedule so. <laughs> <All> right <laughs> yeah Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And the book that you were talking about, A Life in Parts, um, it's Loretta Global. Global. Uh -huh, Loretta Global. Interesting yes. story. Yeah, it is. She's a remarkable woman. I mean, she was um, a stay at home mom living in the Chicago area and was 
down in the basement wrapping Christmas gifts one year and the doorbell rang. So she flew up the stairs and like a lot of us, she just banged her hand on the door jam. And as a result of that, she ended up having both her legs, her left hand and all the fingers on her right hand amputated. And it's a, it could have been a horrific story, but it's not because she never felt sorry for herself, so determined to live a full life. You would never know she's an amputee. In fact, she walks into the room and she's always the most beautiful woman there. You would absolutely never know. And she's more beautiful even on the inside. She's a remarkable person. Yeah, I'd heard a lot about that book. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely make sure to link that up in the show notes. So the the question I'm sure uh, people are going to wonder, how do you even get into book marketing, book publishing, helping people bring out their stories. How did you even get into that? Oh, well, you know, kind of sideways. Actually, my original career was in high tech with IBM and Oracle, but I had written all my life and loved it. And it's actually, you know how you weave around through life and you finally settle on the thing that you were meant to do? You know, as hard as you tried to do other things that were you were supposed to do. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, so it kind of all changed. Um, my father was diagnosed with a terminal brain tumor a, a number of years ago, and so I kind of shut everything down and spent that time to be with my parents. And when I came back, it was like, oh, gosh, now what? And so, um, you know, I had quit my job and all to be with my folks. And, and when uh, I thought, you know, I think I'm going to start writing again and thought maybe I should get some more formal training. So I went back to school and got my master's degree. I got a master's of fine arts and writing. And at the time when I graduated, was asked to start teaching at the university I graduated from. And mm -hmm. so I taught, taught writing and started the publishing company. And, you know, things just happened step by step. But what I really felt like, especially after I, I published this book that was endorsed by Cindy Crawford and Paul McCartney, I felt a real stirring inside me that felt like that was the last time that I was actually supposed to sign authors and publish their books, that my role in the world was to help thousands and thousands of people to get their own story out so that they could be part of what I call the solution and help heal the world one reader at a time. And it really goes back to my philosophy and the way I see things, Vernon. We have a whole lot of problems in our world, and, and I don't think anybody could deny that. And it seems like the harder we try with these top-down solutions from government and other institutions to solve these problems, that the worse they get. And yeah. But I know, and everybody has their own take on that, but I think that's something that people universally agree upon. Things are not being solved or getting better, but I know deep down inside me that the answers are trapped inside of people. And that when you, you know, you may not know everything out there, but when you know your little patch of ground, you know what you've learned and what you've been through and, and what you've survived or what you've developed or whatever. When you tell your story, you give people two things that this world cannot live without. And those two things our hope and help. And when they see you tell your story and that you've survived things and things have gotten better, that gives them hope. And then you give them help when you tell your story by describing 
how you got from where you were to where you are now in some, you know, logical steps that will give them the help that they need to walk through their situation as well. And I don't mean only things like what I said about Loretta overcoming this, you know, her amputation, et cetera. Most, mm-hmm. of my, most of my clients, I mean, they're writing things about their businesses, how you can shortcut 10 years off developing a startup or what they've learned through different business situations or life situations, et cetera. So it's not all what I call the overcomer type of a book. It's it's across the whole spectrum of, of nonfiction. Right. No, that's that's really interesting. Um one of the things that, you know, when you when you talk about that, when you just stepping back through what you were talking about, you know, you went went back to school, got your masters, start teaching, and then you said, then I started a publishing company. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, oh and then I did that. Yeah. Okay. So why did I even do that? Is that what you're gonna say? Well, you you've got a ton of writers out there. Everyone, you know, that wants to even think about writing a book, they're they're a writer, really. Yeah. Not not very many people start publishing companies. Okay. And so how, how did you just start a publishing company? Where did that come from? Well, I people started come to me. You know, I really believe that when things come to you and you just explore them. I have to tell you, when I graduated with my master's degree in you know master's of fine arts and writing, I had no idea what I was going to do with it. I had just done the thing in front of me, and that's what I've continued to do. I've just done the next thing that presented itself. And so while I was teaching, uh, teaching writing, people started coming to me, asking me to publish their nonfiction books. And so maybe naively I said, oh, okay, I'll start a publishing company. It actually is what I did. And I'm really good at figuring things out. And so this person that first came to me, um, she was a Holocaust survivor who had gone to school with Anne Frank. And had gone back and interviewed 20 of the other students who were still living from that time and told their story about what life was like during the years of 1941 to 45 when the Nazis occupied uh, their city, which was Amsterdam, and what their life was like on the streets and in hiding in concentration camps. And so it's kind of a, I would say, it's a we it's using the education market as a companion to the Diary of Anne Frank. But her life was sequestered in this annex, and their life was out. How do they survive this time? And, of course, they weren't all Jewish. Most of the population of Amsterdam uh, died in 1945, either from freezing or starving to death. And, you know, I learned a ton about that. We published that book, and we actually did the book release in Amsterdam at their school. And this is why I think, you know, God has blessed me so much with these amazing experiences. And truth is always more amazing than fiction to me. But the only two things that were left in that area that were the same as during the time of the war was their school. And then across the street was their bookstore. So they did an amazing ceremony at their school. And then when that was over, we went across the street to the bookstore to do the book signings and all. And that was a very, you know, kind of magical experience. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's that's amazing. Yeah. So but, you know, everything kind of everything is a step by step manner, even you know, obviously the program that I have developed for people who want to be writers and want to write a nonfiction book. But life is like that, too. It just builds one upon the other. And so I was 
I came to this point where I really felt like God was telling me that my role in the world was to help get these stories out from everyday people and that we could heal the world one reader at a time. So I took my experience as a university professor and as a publisher and combined them under this umbrella of what I've called now as the book professor, where I take people in a step-by-step manner from their idea to writing the book, to publishing it, marketing it. And then the thing that I do that is really I think something that distinguishes me from other people, and there's a lot of other good book coaches out there, but one of the things that distinguishes me from others is that I really have taken kind of a soup to nuts approach. Nobody has time to figure out the publishing industry. I mean, I would never go start a bank because I don't know banking and I never start an insurance company because I don't know insurance. I (laughs) I do know this industry and it's complicated, but The thing is, is that everybody, it's never about the book. It cannot ever be about the book. It needs to be about the change that occurs in the person receiving the information. But we have a little bit of a problem here in that everybody in your target market isn't going to read a book. In fact, the statistics on book reading are, are getting, you know, lower and lower. So what we do when we construct your book in what I call these book maps, when you're finished, You should be able to take each one of your chapters and repurpose it to meet the market where they're already engaged. Whether it's if you want to give, you know, keynote speeches or do uh, workshops or seminars or write blogs, develop your own podcast, any number of ways, uh, you know, video training, online classes, your material is positioned and can easily translate into delivering your material across numerous venues. Now that is the first time I've actually ever heard that. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, I've never heard of anyone talking about uh, a book marketing plan that includes, hey, once the book is done, we're going to actually not just try to reach book markets and, you know, of course, do, you know, a nationwide or regional book tour. You're also going to have your materials positioned in a way that you can do keynotes, you can develop these into courses, you can actually engage with the community that's behind the book in other ways other than just than just reading the book outside of an audiobook. So that that is that is a very interesting process. And from looking at your background and everything that you do, you've got the book karma company, which really didn't get a chance to talk about just yet, which is more of a the social platform for part of the marketing norm. If I'm correct, right? That's right. Yeah, that's right, Vernon. And so Book Karma uh, came out of my desire to help people get their message out. Because again, we write books to be read and to have our information out there and for people to know about. We need to connect with readers. So I developed um, Book Karma. It's a, it is a international book marketing platform where authors help other authors market their books globally through shared social networks. And I'll just give a brief overview of how it works. And it's Book Karma. It's B-O-O-K-A-R-M-A dot net. Only one K in that. But it's, it is the principle of karma, which is like you give first and then you get back. So you can add your book to book karma by just putting your ISBN number in and we pull all the information about your book, the cover and the description, et cetera. And your book is delivered to a book queue. And it's kind of like scrolling through Netflix other it's Mm -hmm. an author platform. So it's authors only on this platform, but here's the 
magic of it. No matter how many people you followers you have on Twitter or Facebook, after a while, you're pinging the same people over and over again about your book. And they're going to quit following you or, you know, block you out at some point in time. But the beauty of Book Karma is, is you can be sitting here in St. Louis, Missouri, and then Sylvia Smith is in Perth, Australia. She sees your book in the queue, and with one click, she shares your book to her network, her followers. And so who follows authors? Well, readers do. And when they see that in their their feed, they can click on that, and it goes back to a page on Book Karma about your book where they can click on a Buy Now button. And we don't sell the books, but we allow you to link your Buy Now button to wherever you do sell your book, if it's Amazon or your own you know, Barnes and Noble or your own website, whatever. The fun thing about it is it's authors helping other authors. And every time you share other authors' books, we have a little gamified thing going on there. So every time you share somebody else's book to your network and give it exposure, your karma score increases. And the higher your own karma score, the earlier and more often your book appears in the queue that other authors are able to see and share books from. Oh, that's awesome. That, um, that sounds like a real interesting platforms. So basically, someone has an ISBN number, because I was reading through some of the, you know, Q&A. Sure. You have an ISBN. Um, now, if you have a create space ISBN, will that work? It is an, an ISBN is an international standard book number that is issued through one agency in in the U.S. It's called Bowker.com. Um, Create Space. M- many of those books have ISBNs, but they they issue something called an ASIN. We do not accept ASIN. ISBN is the is the qualification bar that yes, you are a professional author intent on having a a professional product, and so that's kind of the low bar. Right. Um, a lot of people are churning out eBooks and and stuff like you know a lot. And they just aren't up to snuff quality wise. So, yeah, that was that was one of the questions that I wanted to ask because I know a lot of people are. It's like, well, I've got my ebook published, and you know, I've I've done this, I've written this book, and now I've got my create space, you know, I ISBN number, and I can't seem to get it in the bookstores, and why not? And I I'm thinking that it's because it's not really a real ISBN number. Well, yeah, it's a, if it comes if you only get the Amazon one, it's called an ASIN. But most right. really, I mean, you have your book on CreateSpace and you get an ISBN. I mean, you pay for it, but people who aren't willing to do that, you know, they they just yeah. can't take advantage of Book Karma. But you said something about bookstores, and I want to tell you that I don't um, I don't really advocate having your book in bookstores, and I'll really? tell you why. Yeah, because number one, there's a there's a few drawbacks to that. Uh, number one, there aren't very many bookstores anymore. Um, I mean, if you want to have them very true in your in a local indie bookstore, that's awesome. You can just take it there and ask them to carry your book. But as far as big box bookstores, well, there's only one left, right? It's Barnes and Noble. And so um, um, the thing about that is, is that it makes it kind of difficult for you because you can sell them books, but they have like forever to return them. And you might get them back two years later and they're so handled and damaged, which is often the case that you can't really um, do anything with them. And so you get these damaged materials back, but also people don't, I, I, when I'm working with clients, we have a very narrow target market and we try to reach those people through other methodologies. Um, You know, let's say you're a, um, 
oh gosh, I don't know, you wrote something about child psychology. You know, we want to go through the channels that and organizations that have the uh, links and connections with people and organizations who are in that particular industry, it's not industry, but genre, et cetera. And so to, to reach them directly, and, and that's part of what I take people through when uh, during the, the classes that we I teach, which is the, the program to write your book is called Get My Book Out. And so I take you through some training on how to identify your market and directly reach them when your book is finished. And the other thing too, is that when you think most people, I you know, when I go in bookstores, I notice that they have turned into stationery and coffee shops, you know, and, <laughs> yeah, and, and, which is nice, but I often can't find the book I'm looking for. And they'll say, oh, well, we can get it for you in three days. And I'm like, dude, I can get it from Amazon tomorrow. You know? Right, right. You know? Exactly. So Amazon's important. It's important to have an international distributor, which is something else that I help people with, uh, that will get it in catalogs for libraries because libraries are still the biggest producer of books. Yeah, I was going to mention that. Yeah. So um, anyway, that's what I help people through, just the soup to nuts approach, because it is an industry. It's too much to navigate on your own. You can spend a lot of money and spin your wheels and a lot of, waste a lot of time and energy, which is in short supply for some of us, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah, and money. And so um, I just try to cut through all that and help my clients um, from, you know, their first idea through the end of the road. Right. Now that's, that's amazing. You know, um, you've got this upcoming course to get your book out. When is that, when is that course actually launch? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm developing a waiting list for that. And what I'd like for your listeners to do is that we, uh, it's going to open up on October 12th, but what I'd love for people to do is just to go to my website, which is thebookprofessor.com, and there'll be a there's a banner in the front that you can click to join that waiting list to join the Get My Book Out program. And I'm also having webcast next week on the 29th. And so if uh, they could join that as well, go to thebookprofessor.com and sign up for that. It talks about how to write your nonfiction book and save time, money, and energy in the process. So that's those folks that come to the webcast will get early entry to joining the course. Well, very awesome. I'll have all of that stuff linked up in the show notes for people to be able to go to. And what's the best way to connect with you on social media? Well, you can connect with me on Twitter. It's at the book professor. Oh, <laughs> I got everything <laughs> in but the R. And my, my website, uh, we have Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash the book professor. And we have all sorts of information and opportunities for you there if you're, if you like us on Facebook. And of course, the website, thebookprofessor.com. Well, awesome, Nancy. It's been amazing having you. I've got so many more questions that I think I want to ask about it. But unfortunately, our time is up today. I'm going to have to have you back on because I really I want to do something when our, where we possibly have you talking with another author. I think it's interesting when you start talking about book marketing from a marketer publisher standpoint and then what the actual writers think. And I had someone reach out to me and say, hey, I, I heard you were interviewing uh, Nancy, the, the book professor about this. I would, I, I've got a bunch of questions I want to ask. So I'm like, well, either give me your questions or better yet, maybe I'll have you on the podcast to talk to her one day. So that could be something maybe. That would be a lot of fun. Do. That would be a lot of fun. 
So Nancy, I, like I said, I really do appreciate you coming on. It's been a blast and I'll see you in the, in the next episode. All right. Thank you, Vernon, so much. All right, guys. So I learned a lot in this episode. You know, I would have never considered that the quick publishing of your book in a weekend kind of stuff or in 30 days or some of the quick fix things that get people to rush out these ebooks isn't necessarily a good idea. I also never really thought about the fact that getting your book in a bookstore could be a bad idea. But, you know, when you have a publisher on and they're talking about the consideration of, hey, bookstores can send your damaged book back. And I know, like I'm sure all of you have done, I've gone into Barnes & Noble plenty of times and they are pretty much the only ones left outside of the independent bookstores, of course, and browsed a book and read through it to decide that, well, you know what? I actually don't want this because there's no content in here that is really relevant to me. You know, if you happen to be that author, whoever that is, and the person didn't buy your book, now they've thumbed through it. And even though I'm pretty careful with books because I just don't want to mess them up and I want them to be nice for the next person, not everyone cares about that. So they'll go in and I'm sure you, I'm sure you see it. People sit down with a book and they open it up and the pages get wrinkled. And then if that book doesn't sell, the bookstore can actually send that back and get the money back. That's not saying that the bookstore is a bad idea, but Nancy did put forth some really interesting ideas about other avenues that you can pursue for selling your books. Awesome episode, book maps and fundamentals that you need to have down, you know, for writing your book before writing your book, actually. So if you've ever been interested in publishing a book, I would recommend you go back, listen to the episode. If you get a chance to take notes, if you're out running, if you're in the gym, if you're in the car, go back, take some notes, go out to Nancy's site. All the links are in the show notes when you get out to the website and look at her process and what she's talking about doing. There's also a program that she's launching. I think it's the Get Your Book Out program. It's probably the same name as the episode. Go and check that out on her website because there's some interesting stuff out there and she's going to be opening it up I think in about seven days so you've got time to take advantage of it you're going to learn a lot from her she's got authors underneath her that she's published and I was really just amazed at the amount of information that I took in even after having talked to plenty of authors and people that have been published in the past so this was a really good episode for me. I really did enjoy it. And hopefully I'll have Nancy back when she's doing some other stuff. And, you know, maybe we'll have her on and dive a little bit deeper into the publishing process. If I ever get my book finished, you never know. Maybe she'll be the one to actually publish it. (laughs) All right. So just a, a couple things I wanted to talk to you guys about. Real quick, email me, vernon at vernonross.com. I want to hear what you have to say. Send me your opinions. It's super important to me that you do that. Also, if you go out to vernonross.com forward slash review, you can leave a review on iTunes. Hopefully it's a five-star review, but rate the show. Let me know what you think. Give me some feedback. That is the place to do it. Plus, it lets others know and exposes other people to the show. So if you're enjoying the show, like so many of you have told me you are, make sure you leave a rating and review on iTunes. Also, if you go out to the website and you look on the right-hand side, you're going to see a Periscope course that I had done. Now, the funny thing about this is I wrote everything, I filmed video, and then I lost my voice. And my voice has been just coming and going. I caught a cold, you know, a couple months ago. Totally lost my voice. And then allergies, and this season has been really bad. So it's been in and out, but more in than out. But during this time that I really wanted to get this done and had time to get it done, I had no voice. So I had a guy, uh, a voice talent that I know, record everything for me. 
I think it's a good course. I've gotten really good feedback on it. It's currently selling for $97. It's out on Social Strategy Academy. If you want to go out there and get it, definitely take it now because the price is probably going to go up. But if you're a podcast listener, of course, I got to treat you guys special. I've been playing around with a couple things with this course, raising the price, lowering the price, and actually giving it away. So if you want the course for not free for seven, and that's $7 instead of $97, all you have to do is enter promo code seven. So click on the link. You'll go right out to the site, the Social Strategy Academy. You know, of course, the podcast is sponsored by the Social Strategy Academy, socialstrategyacademy.com. Go sign up for the course. It'll be 97 bucks. But at the end in checkout, all you have to do is enter the word seven. Doesn't make a difference if it's all caps or not. Enter seven, you'll get it for seven dollars. Plain and simple. I don't know how long that's going to be up there. It may be for a few days. There may only be 10 available at that price. Or I may just leave that promo code out there indefinitely. And anyone that listens to the podcast can get the course at seven dollars because it's going to be a little insider thing just for listeners of the podcast. So definitely look look forward to that. I've got a couple of apps coming out from Spreaker. Uh, I, you guys know I love Spreaker, and I've got a, a couple guest posts out there now. Check those out. But I'll be launching those apps so you can listen to the podcast directly on those apps. You don't have to worry about trying to find them in iTunes or anything else like that. You just download the Spreaker app. It's free, and you'll be able to listen to all the episodes of the podcast at any point in time, online, offline, on your iPhone or Android. So really, really excited about that. Definitely follow me on Snapchat at Ross PR and also on Twitter and just about everywhere at Ross PR. Keep tagging me on Instagram. Today was Bowtie Thursday. You know, I usually don't date the show, but today was Bowtie Thursday. So definitely follow me on Instagram. And if you're wearing a bowtie, make sure you tag me and let me know. All right, guys, I really did enjoy this episode. Thank you much. And I will see you in the next episode. What? Wait, are you still here? Why are you still hanging around? This is interesting. I'm glad that you stayed around to listen to the end of the theme music. That is always a compliment to me. And to reward you when you stay around to the end of an episode, the course that I was just talking about, the Periscope course, the one that's $97 currently selling on the Social Strategy Academy, and then I just gave you a promo code for $7 so you could go buy it. Guess what? I'm giving you a code to get it for $1. So all you got to do, enter the number one, the actual number. Just type one in discount promo code, and you'll get the course for a dollar. So you'll get the Periscope course that everyone else is paying $97 for. And some people that may have stopped listening to the episode right after I said it, hey, it's seven bucks. You can now go and get the course for $1. Let me know if you take advantage of this. Hopefully, people are getting to the end of the episode, and next episode, I'll report, hey, so many people took advantage of the $1 special that by the time the next episode comes out, will no longer be there. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast and staying to the end. I love you for it. Thanks a lot, and I will see you in the next episode. And now, cue the music.